0: Welcome to Winning the Game of Work, a podcast that helps you enjoy the happy and successful career you've dreamed of. Because let's face it, being hardworking and smart just aren't enough in today's competitive workplace. I'm your host Terry McDougal, an experienced executive coach who will teach you all the right moves so you can win the game of work with ease and confidence. At the center of your being, you have the answer. You know who you are and you know what you want. That's a quote by Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher. In my work as an executive coach, people often tell me they aren't satisfied with where they are currently in their career, yet they have a hard time articulating what would make them happy. From the outside, they seem extraordinarily successful with impressive titles Six figure incomes and resumes full of significant accomplishments. I'll ask them, What do you want? And many times I get a forlorn response I don't know. People who succeed in the business, academic, or nonprofit worlds typically have jumped through a lot of hoops to get the level of success that they enjoy a college education, oftentimes an advanced degree, and years of work experience. They paid their dues working their way up the ladder. They've been programmed over the years to be sensitive to the expectations of those around them, and each successive phase of their journey requires proving themselves. In my practice, I encounter many experienced professionals, and maybe you're one of them, who are highly successful by external measures but are not satisfied inside. So what's going on here? I'm going to give you an example of somebody that I worked with, and I'm going to call him Bill. That's not his real name, but he went to an Ivy League school and he got an MBA from a top 10 business school. He's employed by a blue chip firm in a role in which he's successful and well paid, yet he wonders what his real purpose is. He followed the directions that many parents and guidance counselors pointed to the ideal path for bright and accomplished high school students leverage your intellect, extracurricular accomplishments, and strong work ethic to gain admittance into a top university. Then, parlay that into a postgraduate degree from a top school, then get a high-paying job with the corporation. Like Bill, many students are told that after their ticket is punched, they'll be recruited by employers seeking the best and the brightest. With this formula, many people achieve high levels of professional success as measured by their accomplishments levels of responsibility and income. What I often see is that many will follow this well-worn path faithfully without stopping to check in with themselves. They may never contemplate what their ultimate goal is and whether once attained, it will bring them satisfaction. In fact, they may have been so focused on external cues that they never even stopped to ask themselves what they really wanted. So I'll tell you that on a first exploratory call with a potential client, it often goes something like this. The potential client. I have a great job and I'm successful where I am. In fact, I'm being considered for a promotion, but the only problem is I'm not sure that I want it. Me. I see. What about the promotion doesn't interest you? Professional. Well, I'm good at what I do, but this could get me to the next level and I actually don't enjoy what I'm doing. Me. Well, that makes sense that you might have some hesitation to take the promotion if you don't enjoy the work. What kind of work do you think you'd enjoy doing? Potential client. Well, that's the problem. I don't even know what I enjoy doing. The things I'm interested in won't bring in the income that would support my lifestyle. And I have a queasy feeling about taking this promotion, yet I don't think I have a choice. I feel like I should be happy, but I'm just not. Me. If you're not happy, how would you feel about exploring a job where you'd be happier? Potential client. What I enjoy doing won't pay what I need to make, and I need to maximize what I earn to support my lifestyle. My peers are rising to this level, and I feel pressure to keep up if I want to have a successful career. I'll probably just take the job, and I figure maybe I can sock away the money and retire early. Then I'll do what makes me happy. So that's actually what I call the trap of high achievement. Tom DeLong is a Harvard Business School professor and author who has studied what he calls high need for achievement types. I call them overachievers. He defines this group as driven, ambitious, and goal-oriented. He observes that often these individuals become addicted to the success they've accomplished and expect that they will continue to enjoy that same level of success. They can actually become anxious and sometimes even frozen about the possibility of failing. In an interview on HBR.com from May of 2011, DeLong elaborated on this concept. And this is a quote from that article. They figured out that they had the strides, and I think they began to leverage it. And they also began to compete. And it's not just to be number one once or twice, but it's to be number one all the time. And so what happens gradually is that that external criteria for success becomes the norm So we're not looking at our own talents and saying, how have I grown and developed these talents that I've realized over the years? I say, well, when I go to my five-year reunion, how am I going to compare with all these people that I competed with? And so it's that success is only defined in terms of how do I compare to other people? And that in itself becomes addictive and becomes its own pattern. So as a coach, I've observed that pattern that Tom DeLong describes with clients, and I've experienced it personally. High achievers can become so conditioned to reacting to external factors and measuring their success by what others say that they may even lose the ability to read their own internal cues that help them know what they want. It's kind of like a compass that can reverse polarity when a strong magnet is situated in its vicinity. This external focus becomes the magnet that pulls them away from knowing their own values and desires. Essentially, they cease to relate to their own definition of success if they even had one to begin with. So like my client Bill, it can be a slow and delicate process helping these high need to achieve types discover their own desires. First of all, they may become so accustomed to seeking the approval of others that their ability to rely on their own judgment may be underdeveloped. Secondly, their success has been predicated on their ability to delay gratification as they pursue education or pay their dues to rise within their profession. They receive rewards for this ability to suppress their immediate desires, and at some point they actually become addicted to the rewards gained from that suppression. They feel discomfort and a sense of unease because those innate and unique desires still exist. But... They have developed habits to become quote-unquote successful, and an an internal tug-of-war is usually the discomfort that drives people to seek help in sorting this out. So how do you unearth the internal cues? A lot of blocks are caused by high achievers' accumulated beliefs that need to be examined and either consciously embraced or replaced. It's as if one's true desires were an internal spring that had been paved over. Occasionally, a little trickle of water will make its way through the pavement, but it's not really easy to find the source. As one does the work to remove the blocks, the flow becomes stronger. At the beginning of this rediscovery process, it's critical to take note of sensations in the body as you experience them. Notice, is there a tightness in your stomach or a fluttery, exciting feeling in the chest? Are you having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning when certain activities are planned for the day at work? Or are you leaping out of bed with energy to spare? Are your shoulders tense or relaxed? Do you find yourself clenching your jaw or sighing regularly? Notice your resting facial expressions. Are your brows furrowed and mouth tight when you undertake certain activities? Or is your face relaxed with the corners of your mouth slightly upturned towards a smile? your body has wisdom. Pay attention to it. As you notice these bodily sensations, take a moment to stop and take note of the situations that elicit particular responses. Unfortunately, too often we choose to ignore the wisdom of the body and instead rely on the one-dimensional logical intelligence of the mind. The mind can focus and rationalize, which can be valuable at times, but when you allow the mind to be the primary driver in your life, you may ignore the wisdom of the body, emotions, and intuition. All are legitimate sources of information and truths about ourselves and others. On mornings when you have a hard time getting out of bed for work or have indigestion before going to a particular meeting, stop and ask yourself the following questions. They may also provide a helpful guide for journaling if you're not feeling in touch with what your true desires are. What is my thought right now? What's this feeling? Where is it coming from? What choices do I have, even if I choose not to make one of these choices? What is the belief that is causing me to choose this action? How true is that belief? What would happen if I believed something different? What would I need to do to experience this situation differently? And go through a similar process when you find yourself feeling energized and excited. Ask yourself, what's my thought right now? Which of my values is this aligning with? What about this excites me? How did this come about? How can I experience more of these types of situations? What beliefs hold me back from experiencing this more? It can be difficult to untangle your desires. It's really through years and years of conditioning that you've become who you are at this moment. And sometimes unlearning some of the behaviors that brought us to a certain level of success is required to find a path forward where we can not only be professionally successful, but also personally happy. When my clients are rediscovering their passions, where they derive their energy and purpose It's like pulling a red thread from a tangled ball of multicolored thread. You may see that red thread twisted among the others, but it's hard to pull only the red thread out. You may need to untwist and unknot some clusters to free that red thread. It can take some work. But once you've seen the thread, you know what your objective is, and you can get to work freeing it from the snarl. So young children usually don't have much problem asking for what they need. During roughly the first seven years of life, they're unselfconscious. If they feel hurt, they'll cry. If they're happy, they'll express their joy by laughing, running around, jumping, and sometimes yelling. They're curious. They'll blurt out questions no matter the situation. But as we grow older, we internalize the message that we need to have more control over our natural emotional responses. We get messages from parents and in school about what acceptable behavior is and is not. Over time, the reinforcement of certain behaviors and punishment or disincentive around undesirable behavior can cause people to disconnect from their emotions. With this repression, it can be difficult to discern what makes us happy. So how do you learn to ask for what you really want or even discover it? Sometimes going back to childhood memories can help us get back in touch with that part of ourselves. When I was a little kid, I got so excited when Christmas was coming. I'd lay in the middle of the living room floor flipping through every page of the Sears catalog. I'm a child of the 60s, by the way. I'd circle all the things I wanted, and I'd transcribe each item into a letter to Santa. As a child at Christmas, I had no guile or sophistication, only hope and faith that Santa Claus would bring me what I wanted for Christmas. I didn't temper my desires then. I asked for an Appaloosa pony or a treehouse even when my family lived in a trailer on a rented lot with no trees big enough for a treehouse. I just didn't worry about the practicalities. I knew what I wanted, and I had the faith to ask for it and believe that my dreams would come true. So what can you do to get back in touch with yourself? To get back in touch with those innermost desires and what makes you happy, think back to your childhood. Here are some questions that can help you discover the connection to your authentic self. What were you excited by as a child? What did you want to be when you grew up? What was exciting about that? Are the answers you came up with focused on people, ideas, concepts, data, things, or some combination of those? Did you like playing with others or by yourself as a child? If you're doing something different now than you wanted to do as a child, at what point did you change those plans? Did your change of path happen because you decided yourself, or was it based on someone else's input or feedback? What regret, if any, do you have about not following your childhood dream? In one small way, how can you honor your childhood ambition? So I'm going to leave it there for right now. You know, when people are what I call successful but not satisfied, they're doing all of the things that they need to do and maybe they've been trained to do to be quote-unquote successful in a professional way. But A lot of times they've lost touch with who they are and what they truly want. They're really looking for external validation rather than being in touch with who they truly are and what they really want. And this is what today's podcast is all about is honoring that part of you. And I just want to leave you with one thought. And that is you were brought to Earth for a reason, and your reason is authentic and unique to you. And you are absolutely worthy of doing something that makes you happy. And so I hope that if you need to listen to this podcast again, that you'll do it and you'll make note of those questions and do a little bit of introspection to see if you can reconnect with that completely worthy person who deserves to be happy. So thanks for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Thanks for listening to Winning the Game of Work. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. If you'd like to get in touch, go to the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. And now, get out there and start winning the game of work. I'm cheering you on.